Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 2, Episode 1, titled uh, All-Star Drag Talent Show. My name is Joe Batanz, and uh, I don't know how it works. I forget it, but because you know what, guys, I'm going to tell you something before we bring on our guest host. This is not your traditional uh, recap show. Taylor the Latte Boy, calm the fuck down. All right. Big news. We're going to be revisiting All-Stars 2 with my favorite person in the world who I, in my own home, offered to make him employee number one of Afterthought Media, full-time employee number, over Lori. And he flat out uh, turned me down. Give it up for the very wonderful and the the very tank-topped Mr. Jay Ellis. Hello, Jay. Come on, Joe Batanz. Let's get this over with. <laughs> I actually I, let's get all started. <laughs> um, it's true. I did deny or not deny. I turned you right down. Yeah, and I hated you know, to do it. I hated no, to no, do no. it. I know. But you know what? I'll be honest with you, though. Oh, I, oh no, no. We can talk about this now because there are certain times I want to talk about uh, Adam, but I can't because all this stuff. I don't know if you know this. It's all dropping in the middle of November as a surprise. It's like sure. one day the afterthought and all of a sudden there's just five brand new shows. Yeah, and very so, Beyonce. Yeah, very. Yeah, I'm gonna lemonade this shit. And um, did she do that with lemonade? I just made that up. Yeah, she did with lemonade and her. I think her self titled. Yeah, and um, uh, and so that no one knows Adam exists, but by this point they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I so like just the first couple of episodes that I've done so far to date with Adam. I'm like, oh, this this queen is exactly who um, needs to be part of Afterthought. And I think he feels it too. I think. He had a really good time and wrote to me what a good time he had it. And he's also uh, Afterthought's demo. You know, like, he's pushing 40. He's in a very much a committed relationship. Um, do you know Do you know his partner? Uh, I know of him. I've never met him, though. I've only hung out with Adam. Uh, this is an Adam Slandra appreciation podcast, from my understanding. Yeah. Oh, I, oh this isn't... I said All-Stars too, but the All-Star is Adam Salandra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, but yeah, so let's get back to this. All-Stars 2, this is not, if you want to hear a full recap of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 2, well, you know what? There's a great recap on there on the public feed. I'm going to tell you, Jane, I told this to Taylor, I'll tell this to you, and I said, I think I might even said this to you in private. I told this to Taylor, I wasn't lying. I usually lie to Taylor. Like, he mm-hmm. thinks I live in... Um, I've never told him I live in California. He thinks I live in like Iowa. Yeah. I'm constantly just trolling him just for laughs. Sure. But um he uh I he thinks I'm black. I've convinced him that I'm a black man. Yeah. Taylor's so naive. You told him that you tried this blueberry hamburger one time. Oh yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You're right. Anyway, so uh All Stars 2, this and you will you and I will definitely talk about this in a second, but All Star season two is my personal favorite season of RuPaul's Drag Race ever. It is the apex of this show, okay? And even watching it again confirmed it. Like, Mm -hmm. that has not changed watching the episode I watched today, right? Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to tell you, RuPaul's Drag Race recap All-Star Season 2 might be my favorite season of the show. I would never replace that season. It's I I think it's the funniest the show has ever been. 
who and that was you, Daniel, and Taylor. It was me, Daniel, and Taylor. But by that point, I had been like I'd gotten to the point of like pushing Daniel's buttons. Mm-hmm. I feel I did in season eight too, but definitely in All Stars too. And so there's a lot of very funny conversations. It's a it's a very very funny season. I've gone back and listened a couple of times tonight. Oh, how I laugh! But let's <laughs> talk. Up. So this is not a replacement show. Well, no, um, people should look at this as more of like a supplemental, a, a uh, what's the word that I'm looking There's like a special, like a supplemental material for All-Stars 2, because yeah. I agree. It's my favorite season. I think it came at the right time mm-hmm. with the right cast. So this is, I think, the best this show will ever be and we've mm-hmm. ever had. Yeah, you're right. Because they, 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 it was the first time they surprised us, and now we're sort of expecting some sort of twist. We weren't used to twist. It was like the first really big twist in the show. Oh, you wanted a twist. <laughs> you just did a death, death drop when you said twist so many times. Yeah, and I went, whoa! Anyway, um, but it, but yeah, it, it's the best it'll ever be. Because also, it's, so let me explain what this show is. So what we're going to do on this show, I already want to get into it, Jay. I want to get uh-huh. into it. Is we're going to revit, we're not going to recap the show. We're going to assume, so if you've never seen All-Stars 2, Hi, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to have no regard for spoilers or what's to come. We are going to talk about this show at like the way we are, which are people who are well-seasoned drag race watchers who are going back to revisit our season. We're, I'm going to bring, I already have things I'm going to bring up that I know are big time spoilers. And, uh, and we're going to have honest conversations looking back at this show in the context, as I was telling Jay, not only we're going to talk about things not only in the context of the episode, not only in the context of the season, but also in the context of the series. So there's spoilers all over the place. This is going to be more like a, what Rulaska Thoughts was supposed to be, ironically, because Rulaska Talks is a is an important part of the show. So uh, so we're just going to we're just going to be two friends having a very unstructured conversation about RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Two. Today we're talking about Episode One. Uh, drag all star drag race talent show, uh, which is what we're going to talk about now. Right off the bat, and again, I'm not going to go through. Katya walked in. I'm going to tell you who walks in in what order, okay? And then I have a comment. I have a question for you. Here's who walks in: it's Katya, Detox, Alyssa Edwards, Fifi O'Hara, Ginger Minge, Roxy Andrews, Coco Montrese, Alaska, Tatiana, and Adore Delano. And right off the bat, when I wrote that, I was like, "This is the strongest cast." I don't know if you agree, Jay. In the history of the show. There is two people. It's basically season five reunion with mm-hmm. a couple of like other people. There are two people that I would flip out with two other people. And I think you would have had the strongest all-stars you've ever had. Who would you have switched out? What would you, what, what, like, go ahead. I think, I think that I, I loved Tatiana on all-stars too, but mm-hmm. she wasn't the first person to come to me when I think of an all-star, but mm-hmm. she proved me wrong. So, okay. but uh, based on when they first walked in, Mm-hmm. Tatiana isn't who I thought. I thought actually she's going to be the first sent home, which she proved me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coco Montrese. I think Coco Montrese was a fierce lip syncer, but when I think of the competition of the show, I think I could take those two out and I would replace them with a Manila Luzon. Oh yeah, that would have been and great. A, and an Alexis Mateo or like a Latrice Royale. I think at the time though, they had already been on All Stars 1. So they had. What, what you have to really look at, is I'm going to ask you this question, go off five, six, and seven. Go now five, six, and seven. Swap out those two. I think five. They they exhausted five. They got they got everybody out of five that they possibly could. I would have maybe put in a Darien Lake. Would have loved a Darien Lake and a Ben Delacreme. 
Yeah, you know, Six has one of my strongest cast. I think that I really always go back to Six. And we've seen, you know, Milk, Gia Gunn, uh, Adore. We've seen a lot of them come back for All-Star. So I think that proves their staying power. Ben, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Seven, they had already pulled Katya and Ginger. I don't think mm-hmm. Pearl will ever come back to the show. And really... Wasn't uh, that strong. Yeah. And I don't, and I think that Katya was really the main one that they wanted to get from that season, knowing her effect on the show afterward. Yeah. And eight had just happened, so they couldn't get anybody from eight. I'm not even sure they, they had either just filmed, cause they, you know, they do them back to back. So either they had yeah. not filmed eight yet, or they were about to, they did them in different orders, and they always do them in different orders. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, eight wasn't a thing yet. I, um, Trixie Mattel, if you remember, was seen as writing, she was seen as a weak drag queen and riding Katya's coattail, so they wouldn't have had her on there. Uh, who else from Seven could there have been? You know, I just watched Seven, and Kennedy Davenport is really the only other one I could see yeah. coming in and being like a really diverse, like a, a good talent to yeah, show on the yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also wonder if a Courtney act would have been good. Court, I, I, I enjoy Courtney on the show. Her drag isn't my favorite, but that's mm-hmm. just not the kind. Like, I, I never like the prettiest queen or a look queen is not really the ones that ever grab me. I always like like more of a comedy queen. Mm-hmm. But Courtney, I think, is a great is great for the show. She's always fun. Okay. So, do you have any other thoughts on just the quality of the cast or any of the walkthroughs or anything like nothing you really want to say or? When when I hear the cat when I when you say the cast again and I just rewatch episode one again, it is amazing that this is the peak of the people who, when I watched Drag Race, I was rooting for them on their seasons. I think that they were really fun. Um, and when I hear that, I thought that either Fifi or Coco were going to be the first to go. So when I when you first see them in the workroom, I kind of mm-hmm. thought that those two were the ones where I was like, oh, okay, I might not, I, I'm okay losing one of them. So let's talk about this right now because it comes up later because Coco does not perform that well. If you know, if you notice, she looks very strange. And what we learn later in interviews and whatnot, is she had just gotten over a very serious disease. I don't know what the disease is or where she's ever talked about it, but she had just recently gotten over a very serious illness. And that's why she looks gaunt and uh, her color was off. Uh, and, and why, probably why she wore the big hat and was hiding a lot of herself was because she, she had, I think, lost a tremendous amount of weight on this disease. I okay. don't know what it was, but, um, uh, yeah. So, um, okay. So we have the cast. They walk in, uh, they're saying hi. It's a great thing. And then, you know, RuPaul comes in, they do the siren, then the blah, 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 blah. And then they, they, they drop the first bombshell. And I want to talk about this because it's not the complete, as we know, it's it's a half the story. But RuPaul says she's not going to eliminate any drag queens that season. That they're only going to, you know, do a lip sync for your legacy. And then everyone's like, oh, what? Okay, let me ask you this. Do you believe... I have arguments back and forth. Do you believe that they thought that this was true? I think because I've heard um, some people talk about how they thought that when the, when the twist before the twist was revealed, they thought it was going to be a show where they were together constantly working. And it was just a, they didn't want to see their favorites eliminated. So it was just going to be at the end, everybody performed in the challenges, everybody. uh, I don't know how they would have done the lip sync or the Mm -hmm. structure of the show, but I think everybody thought that just at the end of the show, there would be one winner. Yeah. Like a big brother type, but without the voting out or whatever. It, it, it's actually, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this before. It's an idea I've had 
that they should do for some of the legendary queens. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. about beyond drag race. I'm talking about that you do a season with Bunny and Coco Peru and um Jackie Beat. Jackie Beat. And who wouldn't go on a regular season because that would be insulting. Harmful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, harmful and also like they like they're they're RuPaul's contemporaries, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, instead, what you do is something like that, and it's a point. You just gain points, you know, and it it and everyone could always win. Maybe the points increase dramatically every episode. Maybe at the final one, they're like this with five thousand points or something, you know. Yeah. And then at the end, whoever has the most points just wins, but no one's ever eliminated. Where it's um, like the Christmas special. Yes, where it's like the <laughs> Christmas special. You're right. Uh, yeah. Because I would love to see a, a Lady Bunny or a Coco Peru or a, a Lip Synca. Or all these legendary drag queens who they just wouldn't be on Drag Race, and it's it's yeah. a shame that. And then RuPaul won't ever have them on the show because she's one of the drag queens. It's so dumb. I know. Yeah, it's uh, really missing out on like she had Lady Bunny as a corpse <laughs> on All Stars three or four, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the kind of uh, attention yeah. she wants other drag queens to get. Yeah, yeah. they may, can never be on the panel with her. Uh, and then we have the reading challenge. Okay. Uh, which again, I was watching this and I think the problem is, and this is unfair for me to do because I feel the reading challenges, especially on all stars, all stars have been really bad as of late. Right. And this Mm -hmm. reading challenge is so good. Um, I know a little bit of behind the scenes tea about this, a very, very little, I think, and maybe, you know, more, if I remember correctly, the Queens were given a giant list of people who could be on the show. And yes. they wrote jokes for them, and they pretty much guessed who they thought would be there. They inflated the list by, I think, they added like a ten extra ten names okay. or something, and then they they were given the list a little bit before uh, filming started. Yeah. And uh, so, what did you think of this reading challenge? Because even the ones that are bad are still iconic. <laughs> Come on, Mother Goose. <laughs> Coco Montrese's <laughs> reads are so bad. Like, not even really reads. It's just no, but that's, but they're iconic. Yeah, you know where she's like, you know, Alyssa Edwards, my dear. I get what is it? I can't stand it when you're near. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. Or and Al- I forget who says, "Come on, Mother Goose." Yeah, and um, then Alaska is like, yeah. what about yeah. Katya? Can see you from her house or something? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet you could see Katya from your house or something. I bet even Alaska can see whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's just they're really. It's almost like the Roxy Andrews. Um, I'm Roxy Andrews and I'm here to make it clear. Like people know it just for being bad. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. One of the best reads that you're going to see, I think through the whole show, even Fifi who stumbled on her season for her reads was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Alaska had some good ones, but I'm trying to remember who had my favorite ones. And I, I couldn't remember. I can't remember right now. I think they all had really strong reads. Yeah. There's not even because Alyssa Edwards made no sense, but it's still iconic where she's like monsters. I present to you monsters Inc. And she's like, yeah, Coco Montrese gutted. (laughs) Yeah. And then Gila monster, (laughs) which we see this exact format. Coco Montrese was beast. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. We see this exact format coming up on the Michelle or on the performance where her and Alaska are teamed up together after her elimination. And she basically, Alaska just lets her loose again, because I Mm -hmm. think Alaska was smart enough to see, okay, RuPaul's dying in the corner over there of just letting Alyssa go. So just let Alyssa do this exact routine again. Well, also in snatch game, I was, I watched snatch game as well today, which is episode two. She, and we'll talk about this there. 
her and Joan Crawford is just so peak Alyssa Edwards, where I yeah. feel, and I think and this is what makes her so Alyssa Edwards. I don't even know that she saw Mommy Dearest or has ever seen it. It's just <laughs> like someone, yeah, someone <laughs> told her you should do Mommy Dearest, and here are the lines. Just say these lines. Yeah, which is what RuPaul wants. Yes, because there's a part. I mean, it's one of the funniest parts for RuPaul, and we're doing this episode too. But RuPaul goes because she goes, <laughs> she goes, "This ain't my first time." And RuPaul goes, "Where?" <laughs> On Snatch Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's, but it, I think that's the power of Alyssa. Cause when Alyssa first walked into the room, her look was fine, but it yeah. wasn't evolved from what you saw in season five. No. Like something like Detox walks in, you're like, oh shit, like this is, yeah. Detox has gotten right, like has done everything, you know, made even mm-hmm. more of a fashion statement coming into what All Stars is now. Like yeah. you just prove how better you are. But yeah. Alyssa comes in in that cape and it's kind of the same silhouette. And you're like, okay, so she's just Alyssa Edwards times 10. Like she is doing herself. But not only that, you know, going back to the entrances is I think with now with, you know, hindsight is 2020, you look at the entrance for Dor Delano and you can already tell she's still doing the same thing and maybe isn't right for the show, which we'll obviously we'll talk about it today, but it was a much longer conversation on the next episode about a door leaving the show and whether she should have been on the show and whatnot. And, uh, but you can tell like, like, first of all, she's gained a, a lot of weight since her season mm-hmm. and it's just messy. And I just think, and I'm not, and I'm not using that as a judgment. I mean, that's how Alyssa, dra- I mean, that's how Adore describes her own drag, but that's just not where drag race was at the time. Yeah, it was, they showed a really gorgeous picture of a door when she's like, you know how they give a package reel to each yeah. contestant as they walk in. And she's talking about how she's touring and you know, how, how she dresses now. She's like, I can't crowd surf with a corset on my body. Mm-hmm. And they had a picture, the, the picture that they were showing of her were really glam, but I think that she came into the workroom and just was not prepared to be back on a reality show. Yeah. I think that's, that's the longer conversation that we have today and tomorrow, yeah. which is, I think, you know, at the time, it's not the case anymore. You might be on All Star Six. At the time, she didn't need this show. She right. had a, a major record deal, uh, and she was sort of bigger than the show was. Mm-hmm. And I think she thought she would come in, and it would—I don't know what she thought. But then I think when she was there, she was like, "Oh no, that no, 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 no! I, I don't need this fucking shit." I think if you look at her too, when she first walks in, she kind of is slow to walk up to everybody. And I think she just kind of realizes like, oh man, I'm back in the workroom again. Like, I think there's a, a hesitation at first. Well, also probably realizing, to be honest with you, and it probably didn't think about it because she can't become friends with these people. And now they're, now they're stepping up their, their game is, and this is, again, this is not a judgment on season six. Like I, I will even say a door belonged in the top three of season six. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is not a judgment of performance season six, but you could make a, you could, you, you could make a case that a door coasted to the top three of season six and benefited just from circumstance uh, because her looks, when you look at season six, it's not, un- she doesn't really get the glow up until the end. And you think on a rewatch, she's not the strongest competitor and probably should have been eliminated a few times. And, uh, so I think she, you know, she leaves, uh, it's almost like being on the biggest loser and you lose a bunch of weight. And then you've kind of let your, you know, you're not that hardcore anymore. And you're like, Oh wait, I don't, I'm fine with who I am. 
And I think probably was like, like, oh, these these bitches are here to win. They're not they're not fucking around. And I I'm not a look queen. I mean, I just think it probably all hit her at a certain point. Yeah, and we'll talk um, about that. Yeah, I agree to a point. I do think that her charm got her very far on season six, but I think she had the talent to back up. Like there's times when she's up for lip sync in season six, but when you see her perform and come back. Yeah. I think that she was a pretty sturdy, like I've seen, you know, I, I like Trixie Mattel now after the show, but during the show, Trixie was never my favorite contestant. I think the two are separate. But you, you play, uh, what are those games called? Like I'm playing Fire Emblem Three Houses right now, but, uh, oh, fun one. Yeah. What's it called? What are those games called? By the way, I've chosen my team just by who had the hottest guys. Um, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, I like Dead by Daylight and that well, stuff. what are they, are they called like RP? No, RPL. What kind of games are those called? RPG role playing RPG game? games, but you know in RPG games you have certain powers, you know, something like that. And and then I think where RuPaul's Drag Race an RPG game with charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent being sort of the levels. I mm-hmm. think um, if you were to look at uh, Adore's sort of uh, stats, she'd have the charisma, the uniqueness, and the nerve, but the talent would probably be the weak one. You know, mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. picking Adore for her talent. Uh, it's more for the charisma, the uniqueness, and the nerve. She's cun. She's cun. But, but there are people who are like uh, you might say Cameron Michaels is, you know, you know. <laughs> sure. Can't, I haven't thought about Cameron Michaels in a long time. Why wow, you his sound doppelganger? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I don't even remember what he sounds like. I didn't do the you. Vegas show. He sounds like you. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let me record myself real quick. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I want to get, I, I do yeah. want to talk about, um, post the re challenge. Yeah. They knew that they were going to do a talent show. Obviously, they know this is going to be an element of the show. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the time where I think you need to do an Alyssa. Okay. My two favorites were the two winners, actually Tatiana with the spoken word yeah. and Roxy with the burlesque. It's something we haven't seen on the show before. It was completely unique for them. And mm-hmm. something that was not them singing their own song, which we had a few contestants do. I want to come back to this, but I want to jump mm-hmm. back to a couple of things that I wanted to sort. And they're not long. They're just I want to point out a couple of things. I want, first, I want yeah. to get your thoughts on the very brief moment that they highlight when um, uh, Roxy and Detox. This is right after they've gotten their their charge of what they're going to be doing. This talent show. And they're they're just kind of hanging out in the workroom. And two important things happen there. One is. Uh, Roxy and Detox are walking around hand in hand going, twinning, twinning, right? And, uh, is it Alyssa that goes, oh, is that Alaska talks? And then she goes, and Alaska's like, we don't, I don't, that doesn't exist anymore. We, we don't do that anymore. We yeah. don't do that anymore. What were your thoughts on that? Um, I think Alaska is, oh, I mean, let me show my hand here. Alaska is one of my top three favorite drag queens, maybe the, my favorite. I'll tell you, she's I, my favorite, hands down. Yes. Yeah. Even more than Tammy Brown for you? Tammy Brown is in another universe. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Like she's Tammy her own Brown, thing. She's her own thing. Yeah. But yeah. Tammy Brown, um, if, you're, if you're doing it, they're side by side. Yeah. I just like who Alaska has created. And I think Alaska was so savvy and looked at season five and said, I am not going to do this again. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to make the record clear. Like I am here. And I think Alaska came in as a competitor and I, I like to give her the credit that I think she's due where mm-hmm. she wanted this title. This title means more to her than just the experience. She wants mm-hmm. to be a, a, a crowned queen. Yeah. And so I think she came in knowing this is it. This is going to be the one. 
Well, first of all, uh, if you remember, I mean, to show you that, that you're right is in the time between season five ended and All Stars two, Alaska would do any fucking thing that Wow asked him to do. So mm-hmm. she had to let me ask you a question. When on on other finales, she was always outside doing um, man on the street interviews with the people who were saying line to go into the finales. Like she was doing everything for oh, Wow. The Mariah Balenciaga. She was the Mariah Balenciaga. The Morgan McMichaels was doing that for a while. For a mm-hmm. while. And she paid her dues. And not only that, but I'm going to say, I, if, I'm not, if I remember correctly, um, in the last few episodes of season five, Alaska dissolved for Alaska Talks. Yeah. So it was, came, yeah. Yeah. It came to a head kind of in like, I think the penultimate or the, even the third to last episode, she says, I, she has a breakdown, I think, and maybe it's even the finale, mm-hmm. the second to last, because, um, she goes, I, I, yeah, she she does. She, yeah, she Michelle does calls him on it. Michelle says, "I don't like clicks." And I think Alaska that the detox and Roxy goes over their heads. Yeah. But I think Alaska saw that and immediately started distancing. I think the next day or next episode starts distancing herself. So mm-hmm. she had already started to do that, and uh, so that wasn't very shocking. And the other thing I want to point out is it's a, it's it's. I will say the editing is so good this season. And they drop in. It's so quick, you know, because they're showing the queens unpacking, and an editor very wisely yes, drops Chekhov's gun, and is like, Roxy goes, "I even brought this blouse or something right here," and shows the blouse that episodes and episodes and episodes later is going to become so important. You know, at the end of the season, it's going to be the most important thing ever. But it's just like a quick, like Roxy just shows, "Oh, look at this blouse I brought." And uh, to even put a finer point on that, they even have Roxy saying, you know, after uh, they find out the twist, they uh-huh. Roxy goes, if I'm Booker one week, I want you to send me home. And Alaska's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they well, made sure to get that, you know, because yeah, well, Alaska no. ultimately does not. Like, I want to analyze that like it's the fucking Torah. And yeah. uh, because that's where if you think about it, that conversation is one of the most important conversations in drag race history, because. They're establishing a template that I don't know if it, if it still exists to this day, but it definitely exists for seasons to come and that they even rebel against themselves. Mm-hmm. I think with Alyssa, there's a thing where Alyssa's like, wasn't it about supposed to be about then they start denying that it was about um, Alyssa at the reunion. If I remember, I mean, I haven't watched the season in a little yeah. bit, but I think that at the reunion, Alyssa goes, nobody agreed on this. This was just a conversation. It wasn't like we went through the room and said, yes, 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 we were going to do what the judges say. So I think this was a conversation. We all hear this. You see, the problem is, and that's why I wanted to pull it. Maybe I might even save it for the next episode because the next episode is a little light on content where this mm-hmm. one has so much content. So maybe I'll even save the conversation for the next episode so I can actually pull it is – I'm, she's not completely wrong, but she's not completely right because the conversation happens in two parts on both episodes. So there's okay. a, a big chunk of it that happens in this episode, but then it continues in episode two on elimination day and they clarify it. And yes, do they go you, 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 you? No, but they're all sent at the makeup tables and they all go, that sounds good. Yeah. And they, they go down and they specify it. it'll be a point system. And the, the runway breaks a tie, but, um, and is everyone, is everyone okay with that? And they're like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So it, but did, now there are, now do they show, I, I, who's the one that gets upset about, is it, cause it, does Alyssa break it? Yeah. Over to get rid of Fifi or for Fifi. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And, 
Alyssa's one of the big people talking about it. So Alyssa is kind of full of shit here. But it will, it will, yep. it, that'll be important. Or Ginger. I mean, there's a part where Ginger gets voted out too after the lip sync cursory mm-hmm. thing. And I think that, I don't know if she warranted to go home. And I think that's when uh, they get mad. It happens later in the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it becomes a thing a bit later in other seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. The uh, major yeah. beat, I know that we, I brought up the talent show, but yeah. the major we, beat we that I want to make sure that we talk about. Mm-hmm. This is the turning point for Michelle Visage because she got so much shit for what she said to adore. And I think that she realized, oh, I need to adjust. I can't be the Simon Cowell anymore. I need to be the maternal mama. You know what's so funny? I think you're right. That's a very good point. I want to get to this, but let's bring this up now. It has since come out in interviews with adore. It didn't come out immediately then. It has since come out with adore that essentially Michelle took the bullet. For Raven Simone Yang. Oh, uh, oh yeah, you haven't heard I don't of this? Know this. Oh, no, you I don't know, know this? this. Oh, okay. And other queens have ba- so Adore said this in an interview, and other queens have backed this up who were there. But what happened for realsies is yes, everything you see with Michelle is is true. But what Adore was actually really upset about was I guess Raven Simone went fucking in on Adore and read her for filth for like 10 minutes straight and to about the, uh, the gloves i don't know what That's it was about they didn't problem. really yeah uh to the point where like i remember when adore mentioned this in an interview months and months after all Stars 2 ended uh other queens i can't remember who chimed in and said yeah we were all kind of shocked by how hard raven was on adore and mm-hmm. that it was actually uncomfortable in the studio and uh so but you know they didn't want to throw a guest judge under the bus so they threw it on michelle uh, and I think she was probably mad at Michelle too, but that it was the the real thing was Raven Simone, Simonier, uh, Raven Simone coming for her uh, on on the main stage. And um, but you're you're right, you're right. Yeah, they did a good job. Well, I, I guess I'm thinking forward to when Michelle has not has mm-hmm. to come and apologize, but kind of is clearly the producers are like, get down here. We cannot lose the door. She we need no you makeup here on. Now. Yeah, yeah. No makeup on with the glasses. Um, but that's interesting because they really didn't, they made it seem like, uh, mm-hmm. Ad- Raven wasn't so against, uh, Adore in the edit. All she says is, why the gloves? And mm-hmm. then she goes, I think you needed leather. And Adore goes, oh, I have leather. And she goes, well, now was the time to have it. And really, those are the two only yeah. comments that Raven has. Yeah. Huh, no. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I, I just want to drop this in. RuPaul looks stunning in this episode. She looks so fucking good. You forget about how talented um, Matthew Anderson Matthew Anderson was. And um, I, go ahead. This is coming. Sorry, but I just watched oh. season seven, and that is the peak that I think RuPaul has ever looked. If you mm-hmm. go back and watch season seven, everybody, you every look and every wig and every makeup choice is just right. And so I think that they had just, they found the right mix because I know this happened. I think this happened like two or three weeks after season seven. Mm-hmm. So they had the magic formula right there and they just kept doing it into all stars too. Yeah. 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 And you can tell because often when you, when the girls come on from who are, who had just been on the previous season, they always make joke. It's so funny. They haven't learned. That lesson. They always think, cause the show's not going to air for another year that the comments they're making are relevant a year later. So, so Ginger walks in making all these shitty comments about Violet Chachi Violet. and, yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, I guess that'd be nice. Yeah. 
um, I do. It, it was funny. There's two things. I thought it was funny that Katya addresses the Hunger Games. She goes, um, "Happy Hunger Games, bitches," which is yeah. very Chad Michaels from All Stars One. Uh-huh. And I like that they broke the fourth wall a little bit. Where Ginger goes, "Oh, they'll edit that out," and then Detox goes, "Will they though?" And they go, "No." So yeah. they're calling the producers and editors yes. on their bullshit. Yeah, so of course they are. And we all know I, the game. I love when they do this. Now let's actually talk about those performances. Uh, you know, the, the only real standouts are, for me at least, are, okay, let's talk about Coco's performance, which gets called out on. Oof. <sighs> it's so bad. It's good. It's hard to watch. Well, here's what, here again, here's what I know. With her head. <laughs> yeah. The weird thing is <laughs> I think she was do. I think, so this act comes from her actual act and it's one sure. she'd been doing for years. And I think. In real life has done it. It's a Doris Day number, which makes sense. And I think it's a Doris Day song. And of course, for obviously for rights issues, they, they're not going to do it. So she, they just give her some canned, um, do, do, know, do, like Foley music. Yeah. It's just royalty free music that just exists, you know? And, uh, it is so weird, but I'm going to be honest with you. There were some ones that got up, like, is Alyssa's any less weird? Well, Alyssa had a style, I would argue, to her dance where it's a, um, I don't know. I think she kind of went like dance hip hop, whereas yeah. Coco had a little bit harder of a time to grasp like this. There's, what's that? There's like a term for like a Fosse type dance where everything's kind of like the, the cane and the one. Well, Fosse's not the, yeah. She's just doing like a class, like a, like an old Hollywood style, like, it was just very, very strange with that weird ashy makeup on her face, and it was very, very bizarre. It was bizarre to watch, but I think there were other ones that were bizarre to watch. Yeah, I, you know? no, I agree. I, Coco's just felt very. It almost felt like a last minute thing, but I do think that the music really would have turned it around. Yes, if she would have had the right music, I think it might have been different. Also, so what? Are you, what were your thoughts on Fifi's performance? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> You do get that iconic girl. Find the note, girl. Yeah. Find the note. Um, It wasn't good. I mean, that's the the long and short of it is it just was not good. Mm -hmm. What did you think? I want to know why she decided to sing acapella. Do you think? I, I think there's more to that story. And I haven't done the research to see maybe she's talked about it or whatnot. Because... Adore sang her own song and she brought a backing track. Yeah. Ginger uh, brought her own song and brought a backing track. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Fifi bring a backing track? It makes me think that she had some other plan and the producer at the last minute told her no. Yeah, I don't know. I it has there has to be something there because I don't I know that a cappella is probably the hardest way to sing something. And when you are so shaky or quivery, it's just going to really enhance the faults in the song. So it was a really bizarre choice. But I feel, to be honest with you, apart from the show me with them hands and the burlesque, they were all weird choices. I'll be on a door. I don't, you see, you know, when I was watching Adores. I actually think that was a risky move because she had a, 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 a deal with a major record label. She was, and it reminded me when you try and show art in movies you know, like the, the uh-huh. person's like, oh, this person's a great artist and he makes art. And it's, ha- it's hard to create great art for movies. It was like, that was not a particularly memorable song. What I love most of all is in the next episode, she's crying 
about she goes you know they how they attacked her for the music and she's like that's or maybe it's in this episode she goes that's it's this episode. oh yeah i wrote this song. i wrote this song it's personal and then i remember looking at this at the time it's about and you listen to the lyrics and it's true it's about hooking up with fans on the road <laughs> and then <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a serious topic. Yeah, <laughs> it's personal. This shit's personal. Yeah. It's true though, because the problem that we still run into with all these all-star talent shows is a lot of queens do what they do and they lip sync and they dance, which is it is a talent to have a dance number or a mm-hmm. lip sync because I think there's a talent that you can have. But when I think of the talent show, there, like I said, Tatiana stands out because it's so unique. Mm-hmm. Burlesque, which we saw mm-hmm. Benedict Crumb even do a version of in her season. Mm-hmm. Gia Gunn with the, the Geisha hand yes. fans. Mm-hmm. That was like, to me, that is something clear of drag that you're like, look at what I can do. Even Katya with gymnastics. It's yeah. like, it, that is a talent for sure. Yes. Outside of drag, people would be very impressed with this. This, But uh, that's talent. why I thought all detox did was a bit from her act where she, yeah. what, what, what's that horrible song? Shockwaves or something. No, super, uh, super, <laughs> super sonic. sonic. Su- super <laughs> sonic. Do you think? And then with the, know, the stupid blue man group. <laughs> yeah. But she's doing a blue man group thing. I, I thought that was horrible. She was lucky it's, Coco ate shit. You know, I, I like it. I think that visually it would be really fun to watch. So mm-hmm. if I was in the audience, I probably would lose my mind if I saw, you know, detox hitting paint and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit more fun than watching somebody see. But is that a talent? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, that's like a nitpicky thing. Sure. I mean, there's other things that detox could do. I'm sure that it's a talent, but. Oh, who's know. texting you? I don't know. Oh, it's, oh, it's a work thing. You need to take I'm it. reading a. I'm reading. I. <laughs> this is so not important. I'm reading a uh, pilot right now that I'm asked being asked for feedback on. Oh. Um. All right. So let's buzz through the rest of this. So you can get back to your cool pilot. Uh huh. I have here, and let's talk about this here. Um. Katya. They're setting her up clearly because as her role was in season seven, it is here as the narrator of the season. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is she says things like uh, this, is a, this is a perfect example of what this series is going to be that in the context of what we know and in, in its entirety since this season, and everything that it's weird, which almost like it rings true where she's like, Oh, I'm going to show you that I'm the monster. Or, you know, I, I'm, she's making these jokes and laughing. But as we know, especially in Trixie's documentary, Moving Parts, when she, you know, she's a, a drug addict, you know, and I'm not doing a judgment, but she acts like a monster on that documentary, the way she attacks her friend and has the capability of it. And uh, it, it was interesting looking at it in that light. You see, you have to understand something. And I'm sure people might get upset about this. I don't hate Katya. I have no judgment. I think she's a fantastic drag queen. I know why people like her. I'm just not the biggest Katya stan. And I think that allows me to look at her with some objectivity that I think a lot of her stans can't do. What are, you, what are your thoughts here on Katya? That, uh, Katya, I think I've always enjoyed in the context of the show. And I mm-hmm. think that she's a fun watch. But yeah. she's not been the one who post-show I've checked in on the most. If that, I don't know if that helps at all. I, well... It, it, it's it's a weird thing that I feel because I and, and this is actually what believe it or not what I'm going to say right now might sound like I'm judging her but I actually it really comes with sympathy and sometimes empathy is she's the one where 
post-show fame, probably more of all any other drag queens that ever been on the show, has really affected her most negatively. And it's and has not been able to handle the stress and pressure that comes with the fame of this show. And um and so I there's actually kind of sadness to it, seeing it mm-hmm. in context. There's a sadness to the fact that um that this that it's weird because she so desires the love from fame, but the fame itself and the pressures it, it, are killing her, you know. And this is at the height of her Katianess, to be honest with you. She was at her most powerful at this point. Well, she was the standout. I think the star of season seven. Like yes. they knew they they knew what had happened with her, mm-hmm. and they were like, just get her back immediately. And yeah. I mean, I I will never forget the bit, mostly because I just rewatched season seven mm-hmm. of when uh, RuPaul says, um. And now for the crowning of the top three. Yeah. And then she goes, actually, Katya, can you come out here? And I mean, the crowd goes nuts because yeah. people are like, is she going to win? <laughs> Which would um, be weird. Yeah. Would that, be, that would have been a gag. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I bet it's hard to go live your life as a as a person and then be on this world tour, fans adoring you, and then you just have to really adjust. And I'm sure that it's hard to click over. So mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. thoughts mm-hmm. and prayers. Yeah, no, seriously. I think it's something she's... I think it's something she continues to struggle with. Remember, she yeah. quit drag. She quit everything for a while, like a year, I want to say. Did she, I didn't know that because I've only seen her on, like peripherally. Like I know that uh uh is like a big show, but I don't. The, the problem with I do like some of the projects that queens do outside of the show. I I like a lot of drag queens who are not on the show. Like I'm fans of you know the sissy space spastic and other queens that are around like downtown LA. Have you ever seen barbecue? By the way, barbecue. No. Okay. Uh, I want so to see Quesadilla, have- though. I really do. It's a follow, but I've always wanted to see Quesadilla. Sure. Um, but when these queens have, like, projects... So so Adore may have disappeared for two years. I wouldn't know the difference because I'm not looking for Adore content. Maybe the one... There's, like, maybe three that I would realize that they've kind of fallen out of the limelight. Or mm-hmm. they're not doing something drag anymore. Yeah, no. Ru- after, you know, after the drama that we saw in Movie Parts and Leaving Uh and all that, and she dealt with her demons... She took some time where she didn't do drag. I'll say that. And remember, she did the podcast, but she would, she didn't do drag for a while. I want to say about a year. I could be wrong. Give it take a few months. But she just didn't. She, the Katya character, she had sort of retired for a while. And she mm-hmm. was Brian on this podcast she had. Uh, and then she did bring Katya back. And, and, uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. Uh, okay. So now let's go to, and maybe we will cover this. We're right on time anyway. Uh, because uh, I want to talk about the untucked. Yeah, here we go. Roxy, yeah, says she would send, it. and maybe it's maybe maybe with the other stuff in context, it's better to come up um, with that. So why don't we skip the conversation about how they're going to eliminate people for, okay. the, for the next episode? We'll we'll just have the giant conversation on the next episode. Because like I said, next episode is not as much to talk about, believe it or not, in terms of. Well, if we're not going to go through their beats of snapping. Yeah, then yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we can we can talk about something, but we're not going. I'm not going to sit and go like. Uh, that, uh, that, uh, Teresa Caputo, uh, <laughs> impression. But I do want to talk about the lip sync. So what happens is the top two are Katya and Alaska. No, 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 no. This, that's the next episode. This one is yeah. Tatiana and Roxy. And I actually have a lot of thoughts on this lip sync, uh, with ultimately in the bottom, uh, were, uh, Coco. Who was in the bottom? Coco. Was Fifi? Fifi. Was that it? Uh, or- it was Coco con Fifi. It was Coco con Fifi. I think it was just, I think it was just those two, Coco and Fifi, were in the so, bottom yeah. two. Yeah. 
And it's uh, and both of them picked cocoa in their lipstick, so we don't have to worry about that part. And cocoa goes home and stuff. But what were your thoughts on that lip sync? I, there was something I've noted, and I've noticed this because I've been watching the international versions, and you don't watch the international versions. I don't. What were, yeah. What were your so thoughts on that lip sync? Uh, it was Taylor Swift "Shake It Off," so high energy song, and I think pop suits both both Roxy and Tatiana's forms of lip syncing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed, I know that Tatiana has a set skill like a, a a set move list that she'll use for most lip syncs that we'll see her do even mm-hmm. her season in all-stars mm-hmm. um but i thought it was a good way to kick off the premiere because that song is huge and i think that you're it's just like a fun rah-rah song so it's a good yeah. way to kind of do it but so, i don't know if i i don't have deep thoughts about shake it off i guess well no the, the, so the reason i want to talk about it is you know now again in the context of the whole series is the show the lip syncs and especially in the years since all stars 2 um, yeah. And probably actually since season nine finale, to be honest with you, ever since the, the rose petals changed everything, mm-hmm. the lip syncs have gotten more and more stunty, you know, oh, yeah, with death drops and all kinds of shit going on. Flags right? coming out of waves. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of things. And, uh, and, and what's been really interesting on the international versions, they're horrible at lip syncing. Like it's, it's. And I, I, for a while, I thought, oh, maybe because they just don't do death drops and stuff. But I don't. I, this has actually made me more puzzled because this is a fantastic lip sync, and there are no stunts. Yeah, it's just all charisma. It's all just lip syncing. There no, there's no death. There are no death drops. No sliding to the front of the stage. Nothing crazy. And it's a, it's, it's an electric performance of a song. But it's still just a standard lip sync performance, though. There's nothing. There's nothing crazy in it. But it's a fantastic yeah. performance. So it makes me wonder, how come these other queens cannot lip sync? I think it's a testament to, I don't know what this, what international songs they're getting for the other properties. But, I mean, Shake It Off is just this, like, boom. Like, you know, it's just going to, no matter who you are, it's going to put you in that mind to see drag queen drag queens lip sync. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, even Shut Up and Drive, which is considered, people highly regard Shut Up and Drive as one of the most iconic lip syncs. Yeah. It's not too stunty. There are no. like some splits and like high kicks, but mm-hmm. overall they're just, they're performing at an energy 10. And yeah. I think that's what people notice. Yeah. It's like the difference between that versus like a Nina West, Silky Nutmeg Ganache for no scrubs where they were performing at like a two. Like you're going to, if you're giving that off, you're going to, mm-hmm. the audience is going to feel you. So I think that's what the difference is here. And then we see Coco go home. Did you have any big thoughts on Coco going home besides the iconic, you know, when she, she gets the siren, but uh, any the thoughts siren, on Coco yeah. going home? No, I think it was the right choice. I think that her first episode was not great. I do think that it has to do with, you know, I, I know that she came back with such little notice and probably didn't have mm-hmm. the right music cue or the right music. And, you know, there's, there's things that were working against her, but I think overall it was between her and Fifi. I would have probably sent Coco home as well. Yeah. They didn't think like they liked any part of it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think the right choice was made here. And just for everyone listening, we're going to wrap the show up now. This is going to be very fluid. So, like, for instance, we didn't talk about the, the twist in the middle that RuPaul announced on the main stage uh, where she tells them that they're going to be sending the other girls home. We're assuming you know how that works. But I think that that discussion is better held next episode when they continue it and they're still trying to figure out the rules. Uh, and so it'll be fluid. Um, but this was like, I thought that we, that, were there any big topics you took notes on that you wanted to talk about, uh, Jay? And once again, if you remember something later, fuck it, we'll just do an episode two or episode three. I don't care. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, I mean, for as far as the premiere, you've said it already. I'll just echo it that yeah. for them to change the rules, I'm so glad we didn't get teams for all stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cast is 
the strongest I think we've had in the show ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it's, it's the, uh, it's a strong premiere. I think it came out. Of the, and this is when I don't mind the time being an hour and a half when, when we have all stars with the untucked mixed in yeah. with it. Well, it's funny that you say that because I spent the day watching a variety of, of drag race shows from drag race, Thailand, drag race, Holland. I feel the same way about where I feel those motherfucking hours. Like mm-hmm. it's an hour long of content. And I'm just like, Ugh. with all stars too, it just fucking flew by. And same yep. thing with episode two, it just flew by. I mean, the editing is just, like I said, on point and it never, the pacing is great. It never feels like you're in any place too long. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you got short, you know, shorted anything like you all stars. one. speaking of all stars one and a lot of the untucked moments. So, um, yeah, it's just really well paid. Like I said, this is a near perfect season. So yeah, I just really I agree. want I just really want to talk about the themes here. All right, well, why don't we call it a day there? I haven't recorded an outro yet, but uh, Jay, thank you very much for being here. We will see you on episode two, and we will discuss that then. And until, I don't have a there's no sign. Sashay away, just Sashay go away. away. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I tried to hug you though. <laughs> I said I felt. Follow Jay Ellis on Twitter at still underscore jealous. That's S-T-I-L-L underscore J-E-L-L-I-S. You can also follow him on Instagram at don't underscore B underscore jealous. It's D-O-N-T underscore B-E underscore J-E-L-L-I-S. You can follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This has been an Afterthought Media podcast.